Just stop it. The run of the mill, cheesy, humdrum bullshit status quo just tires me out. What fascinates me are the industry disruptors, the superhuman frontiersmen or women who go through hell to achieve their goals. Join me as we meet and learn from those mavericks, rebels, and business leaders that aren't afraid to piss off the establishment in order to make radical change for good. Sponsored by Johto PR, the disruptive anti-PR firm that murders your competition with cinder blocks and cyanide. This is Disruption Interruption. I'm your host, KJ, and we're here today to talk with someone who has taken the reins of their industry horse and steered it off the lame, tired path to venture into unexplored territory that has kicked the dust up on the status quo. Our special guest today has over 20 years of sales, marketing, and leadership success with industry-leading technology companies. She's been repeatedly recognized in CRN's Women of the Channel list. She's a philanthropic badass. She's an avid tennis player. And she's here with us today because of her accomplishments that have shaken the tech industry, even in the midst of COVID pandemic. She's coming to us live from San Diego, California. Please welcome the Global Communications and Strategic Alliances for Technologist VP, Heather Gonzalez, alias The Differentiator. Hi, Heather. Wow, thank you. Thank yes. you for having me having me really appreciate it that was beautiful I, I think I need to hire you for my I think I think personal you do. PR <laughs> well, I think you do well you are a badass well, <laughs> and, and you have done all these things and people want to know about you so we're going to talk about your particular disruption because you've had to really disrupt during COVID change yeah. the way things have been communicated for tech companies right to garner attention but before we get into that, I want you to tell me what is the number one, what is your number one ingredient for disruption? My number one ingredient for disruption is communication. So, you know, I, I, I know you're like, okay, way too simple, but you know, the saying is that communication is the key to success, but look at how many businesses and how many relationships fail each year. So why wouldn't communication be the key to disruption? You know, I think in a technology world, and I guess this is ironic for you being in a technology industry, uh, we mm -hmm. sometimes start to feel like technology is the communication and it's not, it no. facilitates it, right? 100%. Yes. And, and to your point, you know, the true definition of communication is the successful conveying or sharing of ideas and feelings. And I really think that organizations have forgotten that communication is a two-way street, right? They wanna push out their offerings, they wanna push out their products, they wanna push out their solutions without first asking the client, what's keeping you up at night, right? That's the, the, the sharing of ideas and the sharing of feelings. So it's really about how you communicate. Yeah, you know, that's really very interesting. It's also the successful way of sharing ideas and sharing feelings because things Absolutely. can change. They what can. was successful before COVID may not be successful during COVID, right? Absolutely. For example, Absolutely. I find it interesting that you bring up that definition, sharing ideas and sharing feelings, because mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with your product or service. Nope. Nope. And, and that <laughs> truthfully, I had to come up with a way to help engineers and sales reps communicate because not everyone's a good communicator right like not everyone's a good joke teller not everyone's a good communicator 
So I came up with this formula and it's situation impact resolution. Okay. And some people might be like, Oh, you know, why that? Why that? Well, another formula, another formula. But if you, if you put it all together, it creates a really great story. And what's the best way to communicate is through storytelling. Cause who, who doesn't love a good story? And more, most importantly, that's how people remember things, right? You think about, you know, early days, all, everything got passed down through stories. People yeah. got, got educated through stories. So, so what is it? Situation, um, you know, impact, awareness? No, resolution. Resolution. So, yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's companies all have a different way in which they do it, but typically they overlook that middle piece with that impact piece, right? That's kind of like the climax, right? Because without that impact, people don't go, well, why do I need it? Why is this important to me? Right. It's that part that makes you stop and go, this is why it's important. Right. Mm, so, that's the so feelings come in because feelings exactly. make people act, they make people do things, right? They do. They do. So, so if we break it down a little bit, right. So situations, as you would expect, right. The current situation, what's going on with the end user um, or your client and your client could be experiencing a huge drop off in customer satisfaction because of sporadic website outages, but then that impact. So, so you tell that story, right. This is what they're going through. And then for the impact, that's where you articulate that pain or the cost or the, you know, what of what's going on in that situation. So, okay, your customer's having website outages. So what? Well, for this customer, it's costing them millions of dollars a day. It's costing them losing their clients and their CIO is about to get fired. So that's, and that's, that's real. That, oh my gosh. Very real. real. Yeah. It's absolutely real. So, so, you know, you, you paint that picture and that makes people go, well, I want to listen more. And then when you talk about the resolution, you describe um, how you or your offering helped your customer, right? So in this case, again, your client's having these outages, losing millions of dollars a day, losing clients. See, I was about about to get fired. fired. Yeah. (laughs) Right. right. Um, And and then our resolution, if you will, like in, 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 in our terms, we'd say, well, we updated their IT infrastructure to keep their website up 24 seven which stopped the cash bleed, which stopped the loss of customers. But then we also increased their time to market by 75%. And we cut their, their cost by 25%, IT cost by 25%. And the CIO kept his job. Now, I didn't mention a product. I didn't mention a solution. We just talked about um, successful business outcome that at the end, Oh, everybody's happy. No one lost their jobs. Customers are all happy. And, and that's what resonates, right? That, that communication resonates. So, you know, some people may be listening and saying, well, that's great if you can talk to your client, but um, you know, that impact piece also um, allows you to establish that need, right? If you really zone in on that impact piece, it helps you establish a need, the need of your market, the need of people you're trying to reach that you're not having that one-on-one communication with. Yeah, it sounds to me like it has a lot of long legs because I can think of a million other things that could go along with that. I mean, you fire your CIO, that's a loss of institutional knowledge. You know, that sort of pay grade um, is, there's a multiple to that of what the company loses, right? When they lose someone that has all of that, you know, institutional knowledge and having to hire someone, I mean, there's so much more to it, right? Absolutely. So, so. So this is actually, I get it, it's pretty disruptive. Um, and I want to paint the picture as to why, because 
there's a status quo in the technology industry as far as how communication has been, right? Yeah. I'm going to let you tell me what that is. I know what it is. We work with a lot of technology companies. They get into the weeds and the features and benefits. They're really not communicating the situation. They're definitely not communicating the impact. All they want to talk about is their nuts and bolts. But yep. you've been in that much longer than me. Tell me what the status quo was like. No, you're you're absolutely right. It was um, it was talking about our speeds and feeds, right? It was it was talking about um, our solution. So we, you know, we're considered a global solution provider, but we weren't speaking to our clients in their language. So so even though we're a global solution provider, we sell to Fortune 1,000 enterprises, which cross you know 20 different verticals, if you will. So each time you speak to a client, you have to speak to them in their language and coming at them with speeds and feeds just doesn't work. So what you really have to do is create that value realization. So what I mean by that, so in our IT vernacular, right? If, if I'm in an internal meeting and I'm talking to an engineer, I'd say, oh, great, How, what was the outcome? And he'd be like, oh, we implemented a cloud management platform and provided service automation and hybrid cloud management and their multi-cloud environment and, and your head starts spinning, yeah, right? And you're what? like, wait, what does each word mean? But, but to the client, you know, really, if, if you take that and you put it in their words about, oh, what did we do for you? They say they provided visibility, they provided predictable spend for us, they tour tools, they enhanced our employee and our customer experience. So we're happy, right? That's the outcome, not product, not solution, just happy customers that understand that it doesn't matter what you're doing in in the data center or in the cloud. Just make what we need to happen happen. Make our make our uh, um, our clients happy. Make our customers happy. Make our employees happy. Why do you think that that is the status quo to talk about? What did you call it? The feeds and speeds or the speeds feeds? and feeds? Yeah, feeds technical <laughs> jargon. Yeah. Why do you um, think that is a status quo? Because this is. Um, you know, speaking to the decision maker and their pain points is, is yeah. not really considered new, but it is as far as application goes. Why? Um, you know, I think it, it, it goes back to communication, right? Like just pushing your product, pushing your solution where um, to, to try and drive a sale, right? As opposed to stepping back and saying, no, like we really want to understand what it is. And we're, you know, we're lucky for us, we don't make anything. So it's a little bit easier for us not to have to push a product, right? We can, we can say, hey, you know, let us help you figure out your journey to making your customers really happy, making your clients really happy. But um, yeah, a lot of manufacturers um, haven't figured out that they can't just push the tech talk. I think too, you know, a lot of times they're, they're talking to the engineers, right? They're talking to the people that really get the technology. Um, mm. And, and by the time it gets to the, the lines of business, some of that gets lost or there's someone that needs to translate. So, yeah. Because so, the decision maker of who, you know, does the purchasing is not always the technology. Usually, person. usually, usually it's never. Not. Yeah. So, so I think, um, you know, if, if we act as that middle person to, to help translate, right, and, and, and then communicate out what we do, it completely helps. And really, you know, I, all of this came down to the changes we made um, with, with PR and having our um, 
when we launched a PR strategy, it became not just us saying how great we are, right? We're not leading, um, it's not like advertisement, right? Where you, you say, hey, we're great, we're thought leaders, we're, you know, we can help you. We're the best. We can help your, we can help your CIO to not get fired. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, 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 we, you know, when we used PR, it's third party endorsements so that um, other people are saying, look at these thought leaders, look at what they're doing. And they're telling our story for us. They're you know, using our situation impact resolution. It's true. The media does that. They, it's a theater. I mean, they don't call it exactly that, but it is. It's the right. situation. What is the real problem? Controversy, harm, money lost, you know, whatever, right? What is the um, impact? Really right. drilling down on that. You know, what is the cost to the organizations? What's the economic, you know, uh, issue? Like, you know, COVID was a great example, right? We had absolutely remote workforce being forced on your, like your clients, right? They mm -hmm. weren't ready. We had logistics and supply chain issues because truckers couldn't get the hardware, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. Still, just still doing with some of that. Still doing yes. that, right? You had um, lots of questions like needing to be asked, right? So most people, when they think of PR, they think of, unfortunately, fluffy, you know, we're great. We're so great. Look, we just, you know, we got this seed capital. We just signed this client. We got this partnership, but you're talking about using it in a very different way. How did you do that during a pandemic? Yeah. So as I mentioned, we, um, we don't make anything. Right. So, um, and tell people, and so you're a value added reseller. I guess we should tell people that, right? We are, we are, we, um, a solution provider, value added reseller systems integrator. Um, so we take it and use that to help our customers solve their it needs, right. Whether, you know, depending on whatever they want to do, go to the cloud, go to the edge, work from home. So, um, you, you know, you mentioned that. So we started our, our PR campaign right before COVID hit. And it was a blessing because instantaneously, like the rest of the world, we had to pull back all of our face-to-face -face marketing events, our CIO roundtables, all conventions were shut down, all travel. So how we typically communicated with our customers in that face-to-face, -face, in that, you know, marketing face-to-face -face, um, environment, it all got pulled. But we still all had of it. PR, all of it, all, we couldn't do anything. Everything got pulled. And, you but, know, is that a lot? Like, let's give the, like the listeners, like a, a perspective of that. You're what a $500 million company. And like, how many of those would you do per year? I mean, if that was all of your outflow, right? Yeah. So we are, we're a half billion dollar organization across North America. We are global as well, but our, our marketing is done in North America. Um, we do back before COVID, we were doing one event a week in, in a different territory. So, um, so it was a lot, you know, a lot, at least 52 events a, a year. Wow. Um, and, 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 and whether most of them were face-to-face because -face, we were, we were really great at, at that, um, but yeah, so it was, it was a huge pullback. Um, and thank God we had PR and we had just launched it. And ironically, to your point, we 
what was happening in the world, right? The, the, the need for work from home, the need for, for collaboration, AKA Zoom, which we are currently on, uh, WebEx, et cetera, et cetera, virtual desktop, security, you know, people working from home and those secure aspects. All of that is what we do, but, you know, and, and we think it's, you know, that's on the easier side of what we do, but all of a sudden everybody needed it. And so when, when we had that and we had write-ups being done around the need from work from home and, and all the PR and all the journalists coming at us, we were, we were having a press release almost every day or a write-up. It felt like at least for a week um, for the first few months it went out and um, it really spread our name. We became that household name that we wanted to become by putting up billboards through PR. But you were really doing it based off of the value that you presented because people were freaking out, right? Correct. Correct. Like, and, and not to say we took advantage of a horrible situation because we didn't take advantage of it. It found us, right? I mean, COVID and, and all these organizations that needed to get people into their home offices, um, it, it, it was exactly what we could do for them. And so when they started reading about it and seeing it, and, um, and then we used it on our website, to, our website to help promote, um, it just, our phone didn't stop ringing. That's excellent. And that, you know, that is disruptive because what do you have to do? I mean, you know, if I was in your position and everything got pulled back and I know what your responsibilities are, I'd also be freaking out. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I were you, right. Yeah. How am I going to replace this? So who have been the early adopters of this? Because anytime, it doesn't even matter. You're talking about disruption within a marketing department. There's always early like adopters with any type of innovation, right? Who, who has it been for you? Like who's been uh, yeah. accepting of this? Our, I, our engineers, our engineers have been phenomenal. And truly, I, I wouldn't be able to do the amount of PR we do without them. I mean, they... They're the ones that get interviewed. They're the thought leaders. The, they are the specialists in everything we offer. So they were really good about wanting to speak to the journalists. Now, you know, we'd have to review that we've got to put in layman's terms. We've got to follow the formula, you know, situation impact resolution. Um, but they were, they were super about it. And, um, and, you know, it was super beneficial to them as well. You know, it was getting their name out there. They were... They, they were able to show how, how smart they are. So they loved it. it was, yeah, it, it was does truly publish fantastic. them. It does give them third-party credibility. I mean, I know yeah. sales can't operate without the engineers. Oh no, definitely But this not. does put the engineers in the proper limelight and facilitate sales. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah, and we go, to, we go to market three to one engineers. So we love our engineers. Yeah, we are. Yes, we we're we're very grateful to them. So, yeah, they were they were the early adopters. And funny enough, um, you know, some of the salespeople or sale, you know, they I shouldn't say the salespeople, some of the salespeople have been great. But there are a few people in the organization that 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 say, yeah, you know, where's the direct connect? If, if you're paying for PR, where's the sale that's associated with that? And um, so I've I had to do a lot of um selling on why PR is important. And, you know, I, 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 a wise woman once told me, thank you, KJ, uh, that PR is the fire and marketing fans the flame. And it's true. You know, we, 
in just in the last six months, we have had 66 net new customers that do, and these aren't just like piddly customers, they're doing at least 100,000 average deal size with us. So in the last six months, 66 new customers doing at least 100,000. Um, and, you know, you, you think about the one marketing event a week or the hug and chug or the whiskey tasting. At, we were producing 66 net new customers from hug and chugs and whiskey tasting, but the PR really did that for us. It got our name out there. And when we did invite them to events, because they're seeing our name everywhere, they're like, oh, wait, I've read about them. I'm starting to see them. I read, you know, the journalists wrote about them. Um, I'm seeing, you know, on LinkedIn that, that they're, they're um, you know, being promoted by CRN or, or Forbes picked them up. So um, lots of different ways to get your name out there that you never that you never really thought about in the past. Because to your point, I think people thought PR was, oh, we got more funding or we hired a new CEO. It wasn't about what you're doing to make a difference in the industry. Yeah, yeah, that's so very true. And you know, public companies understand the value of PR much more than private companies, right? Um, it's 20% of the entire market cap, you know, it's 20% of their valuation of a company, you know, as a business, um, goodwill and reputation is huge. So they're fanatical about press releases and media. And, you know, I don't think that equates, it doesn't equate, it does, it does equate, but I don't think private companies always learn this right, right off right. the bat. Right. Right. But well, you're seeing too- that. Yeah, yeah, and, and sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, interrupt yeah. you, but I think too, I think oftentimes companies think, well, if I don't manufacture something, what do I have to write about? But you've got lots of things to write about, right? What are, what are you doing to make a difference in your clients' lives? And what's going on in the world right now that really puts that on a, on a pedestal, right? Like for us, it was work from home. And, and that's, uh, a, that's a service that you guys have been providing for a ever. long time forever. Correct. Right. Yeah. But it gave you a platform to be front and center, to talk about your deep industry knowledge about this, right. And provide yeah. solution. Your solutions would be advice and answers to these questions, these that are keeping these companies up at night, right? 100%. So you, so you've had early adopters and then you've had some guys that have not there's always the guys that are reticent <laughs> to change, right? Always, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you um, had to back this up by stats, right? Like that's how you had to sell your, you had to like sell your own PR campaign internally, right? Absolutely, yeah. And and funny enough, um, the, the 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 naysayers or or the the people that are like, okay, show me the money. Um, we were in a, we were in a meeting one day and and I was going over everything, right. You know, we've got a media circulation. We've got a reach of 1.8 billion, right. In a, in a six month period, we had a reach of 1.8 billion, which if you use the industry standard of 2.5% reach, that's 45 million readers in very targeted verticals, um, that we were going after that are reading it. So, so it was great. Right. And, and they still wanted to, oh, and I was able to also show a 300% increase to our website you know, our social was, was booming, you know, all this wonderful stuff, but they, you know, still show me the money. And, um, you know, I, I laugh because I've, I've been in sales, so I can say this lovingly, not all sales reps are going to come back to you and say, oh, you know, a customer heard about us through PR. They're going <laughs> to say, I uncovered this, this opportunity, but 
I had one gentleman whom I love and his name is John. He's our CISO. And we were, you know, here I am talking about PR and giving updates and, you know, giving these statistics and, you know, still show me the money. And John goes, Heather, I haven't had a chance to tell you this, but um, a gentleman that came through our bot. So, you know, we had a little bit of artificial intelligence on our, on our, on our website and he came to our bot and said he wanted to talk to us about cybersecurity. He had heard about us and what we had done uh, for a, um, for a hotel and casino. And so we connected him with John. And by the time John got to him, or, you know, a day later, whenever they spoke 24 hours, like 12 hours later, uh, he's John said, what can I tell you about technology? And he said, nothing. You guys are everywhere. How I found you is because of because you're everywhere. John, I looked you up, you're everywhere. John's a huge, huge writer for us. He does a ton on our cybersecurity. Um, and I was so grateful because that customer went on to do a big deal for us, but that was that direct connect that you don't always get unless you have a John yeah. who's coming back and saying, hey, it works, right? I'm proof that this works. Yeah. So, um, so I'm very, yeah, very grateful. But yeah, the statistics are there. It's, uh, you know, 1.8 billion reach, 45 million readers in a six month period. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And not to knock the events because those obviously were working for you guys, but um, did you get those kind of numbers when you did events? No, no, no. We've been in business for 19 years and, and you know, I, there's not a single year where where we could say we had in a six month period, 66 net new customers. Wow. Um, or, you know, last year, I think it was 130, I think was quoted net new customers last year in all of 2020. Um, and, and again, not knocking the marketing, you know, cause we do a great job. Our clients love it. Prospects love it. Our sales reps love it. It gets them in front of people, but it wasn't turning numbers like this. You just, mm -hmm. you just can't get that from a chug and hug. I'm sorry. No, you can't. No, you can't. I mean, those produce feelings, but you may not get a, you may not get a deal. Right. 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 It shows we have a great culture and we love to entertain, but, uh, but you know, are we getting, can we average out the deals that came? No. Yeah. Wow. That's good. That's good. Really good disruption. But the good thing is you can back it up by stats, right? 100%. Yep. Um, have you ever used your, I call it, sir, now, yes, sir, you know, your situation uh, impact resolution. Do you ever use that? Like, I as a love camp that. <laughs> sir, yes, sir. Do you ever it. use it uh, to do a campaign on your salespeople? So uh, around the time that we started PR, I also started using it to write success stories. So one of the things that we really lacked, and, and here we go, we're back to communication, was communicating internally about the successes that, and the wins that we have had. And so on our internal SharePoint side, I put together a template and it literally, it's, it's you know, box, question box, question box, and, you know, or check a box. And it goes step-by-step step asking them very detailed questions about the opportunity, you know, really digging into the impact, really digging into the resolution, don't tell me product, because below you will describe product because the product piece we need to know internally, but it's not what I want to show end users or mm -hmm. clients. And so we've started a library of success stories that now, instead of scrambling, when somebody says, Hey, you know, I, I know there was a, a cloud opportunity and I've got a customer in, 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 um, uh, Tennessee that, that needs to know about what, what went down in Arizona. Right. And, and, you know, trying to, trying to get that together and get everybody's schedule. So now it's, it's all there. We have it's a library 
and it's wonderful. And, um, you know, and, and the reps love having write-ups about what they've done. Yeah. And we have an external facing piece, which really is situation impact resolution. It's one page. It's easy to read. There's a, there's a, a, a great tagline on the top that talks about, you know, the, the, the increase in, in, in um, go to market time and the decrease in, in IT costs, whatever the win was. And then, and then a little description on each. And then if they want more details, then they're going to have to chat with us. Wow. Look at you huh. getting the, getting those technology salespeople and and the rest of the company <laughs> to communicate. <laughs> Novel idea. It's, it's my job. It is your job. So, you know, we called your alias, the differentiator, but you're really the communicator. I am. I'm the you communicator. Are. My, you know, funny enough, my husband said our marriage will never fail because he always knows what's on my mind for good <laughs> or for bad. He always knows. It's actually great. It's really good. Well, they say it's the universal solvent. Communication is. Yeah. So have you always been that way? Tell me about little Heather. Have you always been a communicator? Like, how did you get to be so like astute in knowing that communication was the key? Oh, maybe it was more lovey feely, like, you know, hippie love. I was raised by hippie parents. So they were, you know, just very open, very communicative, very, you know, um, I didn't go, let me tell you, I didn't go into the world not knowing anything. I was probably more like eyes wide open to the world than any of my friends. <laughs> Definitely my husband, you know, who grew up in a very conservative household. So um, yeah, it, you know, it was, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I think that was, I think because they always were like, hey, this is it, this is the real world, you know, um, but you know, work hard. They didn't, they didn't have the opportunity to go get a four-year education. So, um, so they were always, you know, spread your wings and soar, but always stay grounded and have that sense of self and, and happiness and freedom and kumbaya, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they did communicate with you, like the reality of things, right? They did. They yeah. Did. Yeah. Which is yeah. super grounding. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it was. Um, have you, are you like that as a mom? I am. Yes. My kids laugh. They're like, mom, we know everything about you and your upbringing. We don't know as half as much about dad because he's <laughs> just, it's just not in his nature, Yeah, yeah. which is funny. So yeah, I am very much that way. And even to the point where my, my, my daughter is about to go off to college, mom, you probably don't need to talk about this. <laughs> like, she no, says that to you know, as I send you off in the world. Oh yeah. She totally did. It's like, you know, we probably, I, I, mom, I'm good. I'm like, just making sure, making sure you know everything. Oh. That's awesome. Um, so what do you, so what do you do like outside of work? Like what, where are your passions? Like, I know you do a lot with your daughter. I, I know do, you communicate a lot with your family. What do you do? <laughs> uh, so the lot with the daughter is um, we, she and I did national charity league for the last six years. So in going into sixth grade through 12th grade, you, it's a mother daughter philanthropic group, national charity league. And so you go and you give back, which was great for both of us. One, we spent a lot of quality time together Two, you give back to the community uh, and three, it's super organized. And as a mom, that's always traveled. Uh, and, and, you know, ran national or global businesses, practices, um, I needed that. I needed something that was organized that I could show up and, and deliver and then, um, and spend time with my daughter while doing it. Yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, 
uh, you mentioned tennis, so that's my competitive side. And then I love traveling. So that probably takes me back to the gypsy hippie upbringing. <laughs> so traveling yeah. is definitely my passion, which got squashed during all of the last 18 months, but yeah. we're getting it back. We're getting yeah, it back. Definitely. Um, yeah. So why do you think traveling is part of like the hippie like upbringing? I'm curious. Well, I say that, you know, my, my, like, as I said, we didn't have a lot growing up. So my parents had a camper and they wanted us to see as much of, I guess, our country before we could afford to go other places. So they had no joke, but we had a camper called the gypsy wagon and they would put us in the gypsy wagon and we would drive all over and camp and just be one with nature. And it was, it was awesome. It was actually really cool. It reminds me of some movie or something, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm sure there's one in there somewhere. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it, it, you know, it takes outsiders to go into an area and see a different way of doing things. Right. I mean, technology is very structured. It can be very, um, conservative in the sense that it's got a framework and we stay inside these boxes, right? Do you think that's what has made you successful in that industry because you see things from a different aspect? I think so. And I think I really bring that human aspect to it, right? So, you know, oftentimes, you know, you want things to sound great and you want things to sound, you know, technical or, you know, using their terms, but, you know, anyone, even, even, for myself who's been in the industry for 20 plus years, I, you know, I, I, I know enough to be dangerous, but I'm not technical. So I appreciate layman's terms. I appreciate the human aspect of it. You know, I appreciate that someone might be fearful that their job's going to be replaced by AI or robotics. And that's not the case. So you have to communicate that, you know, we're not replacing you. We're just, we're enhancing what, you know, something that's a monotonous activity that you do and replacing it with with the ability for you to go and, and spread your wings in the organization and do something different. So and create even yeah, more jobs. And create even more jobs. Yeah. So I think I think I definitely bring the human aspect um, into a very structured kind of technical um, market. Yeah, and, but you back um, it up with stats, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> you always always have to back <laughs> always. With stats. You always do, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you do any mentoring in your industry? I mean, I know you've been, you know, listed as, you know, women in the channel or women of the channel. Which one is it? In the channel or of the channel? <laughs> women, women of the channel. Yeah. Women of the yeah. channel. Do and, you and do I any do. other mentoring in that industry? I do. I do a ton of mentoring and I love it. There's, there's, you know, in our industry, it's 20% women. And when I started, it was barely two digits to, so, um, you know, I think mentoring young women and helping them know that you, you can have a career in IT and more importantly, you can be a mother with having a career in IT, which I think is super intimidating. I get that question a lot. If I'm presenting on a panel, really? like, how do you do it? Yeah. It's, it's the number one question I get, like, how do you do it as a mom? Wow. Um, Cause it's, it's, you know, it's, it's cutthroat. It really is. And, and when 80% of the workforce is male, and they don't have the same typically, and I'm not dismissing the fathers that are, you know, having to really balance um, work life as well. Um, it, it's it's an issue, um, and you know, and it's getting better. I think businesses are offering a lot more, but um, yeah, I love to mentor and I love to to share my story and, and how I grew. Um, and and you know, I'm glad you brought up mentoring because honestly, that I've had a mentor 
I've had two mentors my entire career. They were both men because there just weren't enough women. Yeah. Um, but they, they always challenged me and pushed me and helped me grow in an, in an industry where there were times where it was incredibly intimidating. And I thought I could just go do something different. And they were like, Nope, you got this. Wow. So, so, so mentoring, you know, whether you're mentoring a woman or a man, it's so important. It's so important. Um, you know, especially for the youth that are coming up through, through the ranks. It is super important. Yes. And there's a lot of change going on and there's a lot of like new precedents being set. And I think that age old wisdom really helps these guys when they're wanting to expand in their career. Right. It's badass that you do that. Thank you. Thank you. I love doing it. It's, um, you know, everyone, it's a story, right? And we all learn from stories. So you can share your story. It's, it's a good thing. Yeah, that's true. So what does the future look like for technology? Where are you guys going? How does it look in five years? What does it look like during COVID? We know you've been expanding, right? We, we have, we, we were um, truly blessed last year to have growth at a time where so many other businesses were, you know, struggling or failing. Um, we, this year, you know, again, going into a lot of uncertainty, we had our best second quarter ever in the history of the company. And uh, at the midway mark of Q3, we are on track to have our best third quarter ever in the history of the company. Um, our backlog on professional services is huge. So, you know, um, I, I hope this gives a little hope. A lot of the Fortune 1000, you know, that pent up demand is now coming through and they are needing, they are needing help and wanting to grow and bring new technology in to either continue to support work from home because a lot of companies are switching to that yeah. where people can either be hybrid or do work from home 100%. So, so um, increasing that ability and enhancing it for them or coming up with, with new technologies, like I said, you know, automation, robotics, um, AI to, to help catapult their business in, in, um, in a new direction. So I think, I think everything is looking great. And I, and I, I'm very hopeful for the next six months, the next year, the next five years. That's great. Well, I'm really happy that you guys have found the silver lining in COVID and you've been able not only to expand, but help so many other companies expand because that is a needed and wanted thing right now. And yeah, yeah. Thank you. How's it been for you? How's it been for, for your business? You know, we, um, that's a great question. We, um, you know, we have, we have a background in crisis, so, you know, crisis management. So during COVID we went on a 24 seven crisis management org board. We changed the business model overnight. Um, and everybody was on, had a crisis hat and we, um, we started quarantine press conferences, as you know, um, Mm. to bring industry leaders in hundreds of media would attend. Um, and we would talk about the issues in real time that was happening, right? Supply chain, logistics, technology, e-commerce, like and what we found is every, everything is interrelated and interconnected, right? But companies like you and others got to really be a voice as to what was happening. We did Q&A. We opened it up to the public, which has never been done in press conferences before, right? And we yeah. had people, you know, give questions. What do we do about this? Where can we go to for this? It was a great, 
it was a good opportunity for us, but we definitely capitalized on it. Um, you know, we didn't sit back, you know, many of our clients, um, you know, lost their VC funding. Uh, mm -hmm. so it was, you know, do or die for them. They had to keep their communication going. Many like you had events, uh, once a week, twice a week globally, right. Um, what were they going to do? And they all realized in the crisis that communication was key. So I think you're really on to something, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, we expanded in a time like that, but it was pretty stressful. We were, we were on shifts, 24-7 uh, shifts to handle uh, the demand for news and content. But um, every single one of our clients got their, their funding back. Every single one of them um, expanded throughout this. I mean, that's, was pretty record-breaking for them. That's, That's how we measure it. Yeah. 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 And, and many of them have gone off to, to have uh, deals with really big um, partners that that was just their dream. Like they would never have had that um, at their point in time of their um, existence. Right. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a little bit of uh, of drafting, right? They were able to feed off of of other businesses and just kind of get in line and partner up and and move forward. Yeah, it's true, and it's a point when everybody came together, right? And they were looking for other opportunities and how are we going to do this differently? And who else can I partner with? And you know, communication was key. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so we were stressed <laughs> differently, I, and then you know, we've always been a remote, not always, we were a remote workforce for five years before this, right? We pivoted and went that way five years ago, which was still kind of like not the cool thing to do. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Um, we didn't have the problems that most companies have. The thing that we had, I don't know if you guys did, but um, it was the mothers that were, mm. you know, working with us, even the fathers too, right? It's like, now we have our kids at home. Now we have to like do school. <laughs> now we have yes. to like do work and school at the same time. Um, yeah. It, it, it was so hard. I might, my, my, you know, fortunately mine are old enough that they could do it alone, but, but, you know, I have a woman that works for me who has uh, elementary school children, twin girls, and it was, it's hard. Right. Yeah. And you know, the, you just, you had to give them support. And yep. let them, you know, just recently, um, it was published in CRN. That was one of the things I wrote about, like, what's, so it's another disruptive, uh, like, ask, right? So what's one thing that you kind of rebel against at work? And to me, it's the nine to five, right? There's, I'm sorry, as a working mom, you can't work nine to five mm -hmm. because you've got to go to, you know, a school play or maybe volunteer in, in the classroom for an hour or, you know, run your kid to the doctor appointment and, and somebody I'm, gets again, sick, someone gets sick. And again, this is dad's too. This isn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not singling out moms, but, but that was what I said. It's, you know, it's not nine to five, you know, my organization will always get more than their fair share of my time. It's just not going to be within those eight hours, right? Yeah. It's going to be, you know, four hours here and then maybe a two hour break and then another three and then, and then another, you know, two, whatever. So it's, it's, it's broken up throughout the day. So for good or for bad, we have a tendency to not ever disconnect because you're working morning to night, but, um, but you're getting it done and yeah. you're, you know, you're not, you're not put in a box, 
because you can't, you just can't put people in boxes. Nope. You can't put people in box, give them structure, but then let them do it. Right. Let them create. Absolutely. Absolutely. Empower them to do their job the way they would do it best. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, that's scary for leaders sometimes, you know, I, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's right a whole here. nother podcast. Yeah, let's talk about that later. <laughs> so Heather, where do people find you? Uh, yes, thank you. You can find me on LinkedIn. I use my maiden name. So Heather Somerville Gonzalez and it's um, S-O-M-E-R-V-I-L-L-E. And then Gonzalez has a Z at the end, Heather Somerville Gonzalez. Or you can email me at heather.gonzalez at technologent.com. And technologent is like technology, but t- drop off the Y and add ENT at technologent.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Yes. Let's hope people will reach out to you. And maybe some other marketing people will reach out to you and go, how the hell do I sell this to my C-suite? <laughs> right. I'd be yeah. happy to brainstorm. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Heather. So that's it, everybody. If you learned something today or laugh, tell somebody about this podcast, tell people to go disrupt their markets or their companies with some tidbit from the show. And thank you for listening to the Disruption Interruption podcast, where we transform lives, change consumer behavior, alter economics, and never accept the status quo. Ciao for now. Because we live in a highly litigious society with America being one of the top litigious countries in the world, here's our legal disclaimer. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional public relations or legal advice. Do not disregard seeking professional legal, healthcare, or financial advice or delay seeking professional PR or legal advice because of something you have heard here. Contact an attorney to obtain advice on any particular legal situation or problem. Use of this podcast or our website or any of its social media or email links do not create an agency-client relationship between Joto PR and the user.